there's a fundamental difference between what's happening when I watch a performance on the screen uh, and when I am at a concert, right? There's like an embodied difference. You're participating in this action of live music. Um, and so obviously the analogy, you know, isn't complete, but I think there's a real connection there between what happens uh, when we're at church. Like we aren't just watching a performance, um, we're participating in an action, you know? And that's, this is one of the great Cramerian things, right? Like uh, here we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and bodies, right? So it's, it's, it's this, it's, it's acknowledging that what's happening is not just something that the priest is doing really far away, um, it's not just also about what I get when I receive communion, but, but we're here and we're offering ourselves. And so there's a fundamental difference between what's possible yeah. uh, on the screen and what's possible when we come together as, as a body. So... You're listening to The Sacristy, a podcast where we seek to learn, discuss, and exalt in the faith delivered once for all to the saints as it has been passed down in the Anglican tradition. I'm Father David Bumstead, the rector of Emmanuel Episcopal Church in the Audubon Park neighborhood of Orlando, Florida, and I'm joined by my co-host who is two Red Bulls in. Yes, I am. I'm Father Matthew Ainsley, the vicar of All Souls Episcopal Church in Horizon West, Florida. We're real priests with real jobs and real churches. Service times are in the bio. We'd love for you to join us for worship if you're ever in town with us or on Facebook Live. I paused awkwardly there because I was trying to think of something funny to say because we're kind of a nomadic church right now. We're, we're, <laughs> we're not technically meeting in Horizon West right now, but eventually we'll get Soul back there. of the church is in Horizon West. Uh, <laughs> Hey, 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 man. Um, welcome to episode one of season two, Father Matt and listeners. Good to see you. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that we added on the uh, Facebook Live uh, tag to our intro because we are going to talk about uh, online church today. We are. And uh, joining us for that discussion is our friend, Mr. Jonathan Jameson. Uh, Jonathan, hello. Hey, happy to be here. Yeah, man, we're so glad to see you. Uh, for those of you who are used to, uh, to Zoom calls, which like literally everybody on the planet is now, <laughs> yeah. we can see Jonathan. He's joining us from Montreal, uh, which is really kind of dope. Um, Jonathan is a seminarian. He's uh, in process for ordination, and he's also a musician. He's the bass player for uh, a band called Delta Spirit. So uh, once again, welcome. Thank you. Um, Longtime fan. Happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> and you're a son of the house as well, correct? I am. I am. Yeah. Well, we uh, we actually invited you onto this uh, podcast because uh, you interacted with us online. Of course, we've known each other for a little bit um, because you you were interested in in, in helping us with the discussion uh, today, which has to do with online church. Uh, real quick, before we start talking about Taco Bell and Taylor Swift. Just give, just give us a quick rundown of uh, some of the things that you're, uh, that you're known for uh, in your little pocket of the world uh, and some things that we might look forward to um, you know, for, for your future in the next little bit. Give us a little more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, um, I don't know. I've, I've spent the last about 18 years of my life 
touring a lot, playing music with bands. Um, for the last 15 years, it's been with Delta Spirit. And so we've toured all, all around the world and um, got to do some cool things. We've, we've made a career, career out of it, although we haven't uh, made a savings out of it, but um, we've been able to <laughs> keep it going like a nice small business. And uh, it's been a real joy. And um, I would also bring with me a folding bike so that I could get out of depressing clubs and see cities and one of the other fun things that it let me do is kind of sneak around to churches. And that's kind of like lots of time in a van before iPhones existed, uh, equaled uh, reading theology for me, which was fun. And then uh, getting to travel and, and discover churches and uh, realize that I loved to uh, be present um, for the liturgical worship of uh, our Lord uh, has been a big formative thing in my life. So, and also relevant for our discussion today. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think, um, so Jonathan and I, uh, we kind of connected online. We have a mutual friend in uh, Father Thomas Buchan, who's the church historian up at Neshota House. Uh, Father Buchan says, you ought to meet this guy. I think you guys are, would be very close very quickly. Um, and sure enough, when the first time we, we actually got a chance to talk, which was like literally like last year, he yep. came to Orlando. We went to our local pub and taught and, and sat there for four hours and talked about hardcore bands, um, <laughs> which was totally great. But um, the, the, the really poignant thing, and, and like you said, Jermaine, to this, to this discussion is that sense of wanting to uh, do life on the road, sure, but also being present to the Lord's sacrifice. And mm -hmm. so that, that I think you had talked talk to me about like going from doing your laundry at a laundromat or something and riding your bike down to a local parish church and like a yeah. mass and like coming back and putting in the clothes in your dryer or something like that. And just yeah. Like, and I, I just was so, um, I was so inspired by that story just because um, there's a real commitment in that. Mm. Uh, that's kind of uh, one of the things that we think are really important in the life of a Christian. So the, the real story is less flattering. I, I like was in a really bad mood. Well, but it shows God's providence. I think like I was, I had been saving up dirty clothes for like two weeks in the UK. And finally a venue is going to have a, a, a washing machine and we got there and it was broken. And I was unreasonably upset about it. And, uh, walking down to some, you know, random, uh, laundromat and saw some church at the corner of my, I thought I'm going to go in there later. And on the way back, I went in and it just so happened to be this like Anglo papalist shrine, uh, St. Silas <laughs> the Martyr in Kentish town. Uh, and I met the, 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 priest there, Father Graham Rollins, who's just a, a wonderful priest and a legend and, uh, and got to end up, you know, hanging out with him and talking. And, and it's weird, little things like that, our conversation that night and just uh, randomly crossing his path has had a real deep uh, effect on my life. So it's interesting how God works in this ways. Yes, indeed. Uh, and now, so to go from the heights of, uh, uh, the heights of spirituality, uh, God's providence working in us, pulling in pulling our hearts closer to him in greater union with Christ. Let's descend the mountain. <laughs> to fast food and pop music, shall we? <laughs> I was going to put it just the other way around. Oh, okay. <laughs> now let's get to the really important stuff. <laughs> like Taco Bell and Taylor Swift. Yeah, so we, we thought it would be interesting to talk about Taco Bell and Taylor Swift because you being um, still in the, in the Guild of Musicians, 
Mm. Not that I'm going to make you harsh on Taylor because that would be career suicide to you. Right. right. Yeah. Don't want to get in a Twitter battle there. So oh, yeah. Her, yeah, her fans it. will come after you, man. Yeah, what are they <laughs> all Taylor fans? Is it like, oh. Beyonce's got the, beehive, the Bayhive. I forget what, what Swifties are called. Being two of them, you, you all should know, right? So yeah, I suppose we should. I mean, they've never <laughs> Kanye. I mean, everything he posts, I, there's I, like a hundred Swifties going. <laughs> I mean, and that's been what, like 10 years? 10 years. Yeah, it's been that's, a long time. Wow. wow. <laughs> Do not mess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we, when we met last week, we mentioned um, kind of some things that were disappointing about Taco Bell's menu. And we also mm. talked a little bit about Taylor Swift's new record. So this is kind of a checking in on Taco Bell and Taylor. <laughs> Full disclosure, yeah. I have sort of waned in my faithfulness to Taco Bell. So, so sad. Any criticism, mm. which I level, they're, they're sort of like a person who attends a church uh, only on Christmas and Easter. <laughs> yeah. sending, sending complaints uh, yeah. to the rector. Oh. So I don't, I don't, I think can, can you, you can. can you, can you live stream a visit to Taco Bell though? <laughs> I should, maybe. That'd be interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Something to think about. Thank you, John. You're welcome. <laughs> what a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think um, for me that the big check-in with Taco Bell is the menu change. Um, it's, it's regretful, the changes that have, that have been made. And I question the wisdom of the menu gurus at Taco Bell. What they've done, you see, is they've removed, they've removed the potatoes from the menu. Mm. Tragic. Yeah. Mm. So the French call them pommes de terre. They do. Which means, yeah, Fruit apples of the, of the earth, right? Fruit of the earth, yeah. We are. Um, so I just, I, I feel like, as I said last week, that it was a direct a direct, like, I don't want to say an attack, but definitely felt personal to me as someone who is like pretty gung ho about the fiesta potato pomme de terre. Yeah. Um, kind of situation with Taco Bell. Now it's gone. It's all gone. Yeah. Mm. I have never had anything from Taco Bell with potatoes. That's shocking. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm losing my credibility. You're losing your cred, man. You, you could, I, now I feel, you feel like, personally attacked because you like the item so much, or is it not, more as like as an American, the potato is just so important to you? Like, how above. dare they? So I would say that my, I, <laughs> it might be that my like grievance line is just re, is just very misplaced. Um, no, it's, they're tasty and their, men, their menu is, is, is diminished for it, I think. But the crunch wrap is still there, and that's what that's thank, that, thank that, God. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, the crunch wrap supreme is up there, man. I mean, last time we talked about what? it, we talked about it, how it's a like up there with a profiterole. <laughs> Was there a crunch wrap with potatoes, or would you add your own? So that's a apparently that's an off menu thing that you're that you can do. I saw that on mm. YouTube. <laughs> Um, you know, like one of those top 10 off menu items you can get. Right. Um, which like, like the, like the quesarito at, at, at Chipotle or, Oh, have you ever seen that thing at five guys that like, you can get a, Oh, uh, it sounds so gross. A five guys burger, but the buns are grilled cheese sandwiches. 
(laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. No. So, but apparently you could do that. Well, you can't anymore. You can't add potatoes. Mm. They no longer have potatoes there. That's just really terrible. (laughs) BYOP. <laughs> you just got to plan ahead. Got to plan ahead, yeah. yeah. You, you've added so much to our discussion today. <laughs> just have them in a baggie and in your glove box. Yeah. Gross. You could slow roast in Florida. You yeah, could you slow roast totally, them honestly. in your glove box because your car's wow. in the grave. Wait, so, so you, have you ever have you ever actually cooked food on your on your engine manifold? No, because that's crazy. It's not. put <laughs> on your engine manifold. It's great. Wow. You don't do it, but it, you know, you can't just throw a little griddle on top. No, not necessarily. Straight up. Not, not, not necessarily like while you're driving, but like, Oh, wow. The pinch. <laughs> There's listeners who can't see the video are seeing like, it's, I would say that the look I'm getting from Matt right now is like pure humiliation. <laughs> well, what it made me think of is that I really want to go to Iceland. I'd really like to go for my, my 40th birthday. If, if they open the country back up to us Yankees, um, <laughs> and you, uh, there's these restaurants that they cook food that they bury them in these hot springs, like in the mud. Oh it's yeah. Really great. It's like, you know, connected to the earth and like, really neat. That, that's like the redneck iteration of, that of, <laughs> of cooking something on your engine block. I don't think that, I think that the first thing is the redneck version. No, man, you're like planting in the earth. You can, they're like boiling eggs and stuff in the earth. It's great, man. Wait, so which one is the redneck version? <laughs> oh yeah okay good <laughs> just making sure <laughs> both practical right though you're just you're meeting you're meeting needs needs yeah um now listeners to this podcast also understand that uh you know we do have a more than passing um appreciation for taylor swift yes and um we just recently, uh, uh, Taylor Swift released a new record, as did you, John. Yeah, yeah. She, um, she charted slightly higher than we did, but just barely. <laughs> she's also got like almost double the amount of tracks on her record, too. So is there is there a relationship? No, there's not. But um, no. Otherwise, yeah. 16 tracks. It's a lot. It's a big record. That is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm assuming as a band, you all have a process where you, all right, these are the tracks we're going to put on the album. You've written more songs than that. Yeah, you got to whittle them down. Yeah, and then they get the, the, the rest go on the B sides of the singles, right? Is that how they think, how they do it anymore? No, they don't do that anymore. That, that sometimes, sometimes people, people still release like weird, you know, Spotify singles or whatever, but I don't know. It, none of it makes sense anymore. <laughs> people, yeah, I don't know. You have to ask Taylor about that. Um, I mean, I wouldn't even know where to start. If, if although, although to get all retro, I mean, this is even dumb to say retro, but like we we've released our first cassette this time around. Really, that's awesome. Cause that's because that's where that's where the market has gone. <laughs> like the retro <laughs> cassettes. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's some sort of demand for cassettes at the moment. We had a, I, that's cool. One of my friends yeah. um, who I was actually having a conversation with about our old band getting back together via Zoom, um, which is a great idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope he doesn't listen. He'll be mad at me. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> it is a, it's a fine idea, but uh, he always he always dreamed of pressing cassette tapes as like the ultimate like the ultimate indie like the ultimate kind of like you know um, I don't even know how to describe it like hipster. Yeah, it's a trend. Yeah, yeah. But this was years ago. That's the kind of yeah. Thing. He's always ahead of the game. Ahead of the game, right? But yeah. Um, so Taylor released a new record. She actually released two over the past couple of years because there was wow. uh, this one, which is folklore, uh, folklore, and yeah. lover, which came out last year. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Do we want to do a full review, or are we just checking in? I think we probably need to get to the content yeah, okay. at some point, but it's, <laughs> I really, really like it. It's probably my second favorite album of hers, second only to 1989. It's a great record. And, you know, we were talking about before we hit record, there's just something, there's always like 80s and 90s nostalgia in the music. Sure. So I don't know if that's why I like it. It's like, oh, this is like being in high school or college again. Yeah, it, it's very comforting. Yeah, it's real. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I would say I'll say this as my one line review of the latest Taylor Swift record. It's very good. It gets a lot better in the middle. Mm. Um, okay. This, I, th- I just think the songs are steadier and they're mixed better, and that's all I'm going to say. It's not an album you can run to. No, and I tried. I tried to run to this album, and it was like. I'm just kind of depressed now. <laughs> it's just not upbeat. No, no, it's not upbeat, but it's, it's a good road trip. Yeah, it's a good road trip. Rainy it's day. Good, uh, you know, put it on the background, do your work kind of, kind of record. Yeah. Uh, which I felt also about uh, the, uh, the, the Delta Spirit record. It's a great one to just kind of have on and listen to and, and, thanks. and enjoy as you're, as you're getting some work done. So, um, cool. Well, thanks for entertaining uh, are checking the Taco Bell and Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Important things. Maybe. All right. Moving on. <laughs> All right. We're going to be looking at the calendar. So we will begin with uh, the collect of the day for the, uh, I think we're up to the 19th Sunday after Pentecost. Actually. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, proper 23 in the revised common lect- lectionary. So brothers, The Lord be with you. With thy spirit. With thy spirit. Let us pray. Lord, we pray thee that thy grace may always proceed and follow us and make us continually to be given to all good works through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 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 All right, Father David, what's coming up on the calendar? Well, just uh, this next week coming up, um, a couple of folks to have in mind in the calendar. October 6th, the church remembers William Tyndall, who was a priest in the 16th century uh, in the Reformation period, is a translator of the Bible into English, is a man of singular passion to translate the scriptures into English. And of course, he was strangled at the stake and burned. <laughs> <laughs> and is he the one where they exhumed the body and, and beat it up again? Or is it? I'm wow. 99% sure that was uh, Tyndale, yes. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. This. I had to roast them literally one more time. <laughs> wow. Commitment. Commit- commitment. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. That's like sometimes when, when people talk about like, uh, 
ecumenism and, and dialogue in the church and, and it's gotten like oh it's gotten so nasty and it's not civil it's like hmm, I, think, I think it's come a long way <laughs> yeah it's like doesn't murder each other so that's, that's good anyways yeah i'd say like you know um it's gotten really nasty well thomas Cranmer would probably be pretty proud of where we are <laughs> <laughs> um that's dark. Anyway, um, <laughs> October 8th, uh, the church remembers Robert Grustest, uh, who is the Bishop of Lincoln in the 13th century. Uh, he's known for his faithful execution of his office as bishop, which is a really exciting uh, witness to the church. And of course, as a scholar, um, he's a vigorous opponent of absentee clergy. This was a practice hmm. that was common at the time where um, Rome would, would appoint clergy to churches, but not necessarily deploy them. So they would collect their stipends, but would not actually show up in their parishes, uh, which led to a dearth of, uh, of, of, of spiritual guidance, a dearth of uh, pastoral uh, presence in England. And that really bothered, of course, the people there and this faithful bishop. And uh, known, known yeah. to have gone to Rome to advocate for English churches. Yeah. And that, that was a problem for a long time and, and really was one of the activating events that led to the division between mm -hmm. England and Rome. No one ever talks about that. They always oversimplify it to King Henry VIII. And yeah, that was a big problem. Th those were called uh, what, benefices. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they would create these offices and England would pay for them and England would never see the, the benefits. And so that was, I mean, this is back in the 13th century and that was still something that really was a problem yeah it's hundreds a, of years yeah, later his uh, his his work reminds us that um the church in england and the church in rome had uh long-standing issues yeah uh that, that weren't uh novel to the 16th century yeah um and of course so you're telling me like the five minute history channel overview of the church of england is, is leaving some stuff out that maybe we <laughs> No, uh, it's generally unfortunate how they're <laughs> summarized. Uh, but some, there's actually, uh, uh, you know, to your point, there's a couple of like decent um, history docu series on Netflix that, that are more nuanced than I think a little bit mm. more for the curious. Yeah. Um, but of course, the Henry VIII thing is is so, you know, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Entertaining. Yeah. So. Yeah, what, 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 so I know we'll move on. Uh, a History of the Church in England. Everyone has to read it in the show, though. What's, who wrote, I can't remember who wrote it. Uh, Mormon, Mormon, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, the Book of Mormon. Is my, yeah. my, my, <laughs> my professor made a joke. Yeah. yeah. What a great book. So, yeah. so I remember that being a very new Anglican and really knew very little about uh, the history, my first class at Neshota, and reading through that book and learning a lot and yeah. being like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, finally, uh, Bishop, Bishop Robert translated important works of the church fathers like John of Damascus into Latin. So that's exciting. Yeah, for sure. Damascus around here. Oh yeah. Cool. Well, um, now that, oh, so, uh, oh, what's a good transition point? Let's see if I can pull it up. Talk, speaking of images, <laughs> icons, icons even, and the screen, let's talk about online. Mm. Let's do it. Yeah. So, uh, despite, uh, e e even, even with your wonderful company uh, and our and I, I, uh, strong affection for you, Jonathan, yep. the precipitating event for your being with us is an article that you wrote for, I think it's the Covenant blog on the Living Church. 
Yep. Um, and uh, if it's okay with you, I'll quote from the article so that we can begin our conversation. Mm-hmm. Dear listener, uh, he uses a slightly, what, what's the word? Crude, maybe. Crude word. So, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're in the car with children, that's not super bad. PG-13. Just tell him it means donkey. It's all yeah. right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I just, should I just say donkey instead? Wouldn't that be great? This, <laughs> so yeah. No, I'm not. A little KJV, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, John, you wrote, um, what I desire is to get, off, get my ass off my couch to deal with the mundane frustration of wrangling my family into the car to sit, stand, kneel uncomfortably in a pew with all the other members of the body of Christ in my parish. People I would likely never be friends with otherwise. And to make the corporate corporeal offering of ourselves to the Father in union with the sacrifice of Christ, made perpetually present in our action by the Holy Spirit, and in that action to be reminded of what I am by grace, a member of the body of such a great head. So first of all, I, I find that that part of your article to be profoundly moving um, just as a, a description, not only out of the angst of where we are, you know, with COVID-19, but just as a beautiful description of what it means to be a, a, a member of the church Catholic. Yeah. So I just wanted to, I wanted to encourage you, brother. That's gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> I'll give a nod to Augustine. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> All over here. Yeah. Um, so the church across the world has been dealing with this pastoral issue um, in, in different ways, but primarily um, coming out of the what do we want to say? Um, necessity, perhaps, to shut down in-person worship because of coronavirus over the past eight months or so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's where we are today. Is is what what are we actually talking about? What does it mean for us to be doing online church? How do we feel about it? Yeah, Jonathan. Do you want to just walk us yeah. through uh, your experience of? Corona tide, yeah. As you put yeah. it in the article, yeah, yeah. It's um, I mean, I think like it now we're so, we we kind of are starting to get used to it and be like, oh yeah, 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 we're just doing it. But like, I think if we think back, like this is unthinkable. Like what's going on? Like when I first like started thinking about this, I was like, it's unthinkable that we won't be at church for Easter, right? Like it's unthinkable that we won't have <laughs> Holy Week together. Um. Yeah. So I think like, it's good to remember, like, just to remember that like, this is a big disturbance in like what it means to be uh, a member, like corporate member of the body of Christ. And like, particularly in uh, a tradition that's sacramental, like ours um, mm-hmm. uh, and liturgical. Um, so I think like, uh, yeah, we were talking a little bit earlier and like, it kind of just hit me that I think it's been this, this whole time has been like a process that's kind of not unlike the stages of grief that just, you know, all of a sudden the world shuts down and uh, it's weird, but 
being a liturgical nerd, I was like kind of enjoying the fact that there's a million live streams of all these churches that I've wanted to visit. Right. So yeah. at first you're like, oh, this is kind of fun. Like I get to like pop into, you know, this church in this place and this church in this place. Um, uh, and, and then like you realize like, okay, I don't have the attention span to like watch all these church services, let alone one of them. Um, and then as time went on, I think I, I got to like an ontological dilemma, like, I'm a sacramental Christian. I can't receive the sacrament. I can't worship uh, in the way that I'm used to. Like, who am I? Like, what's going on right now? Like, uh, am I a Christian in the way I've understood myself as a Christian, you know, b- before? Um, and that was a really confusing time. And I don't think I'm completely out of that. I think we're still kind of dealing with that. Um, but where I've started to move towards is kind of this, uh, it's kind of a, it, like a point where I can at least be a little bit objective about what might've been wrong about my perspective before, or my tendencies before, maybe at this kind of like assumption that um, the main point of going to church is to receive the sacrament kind of maybe even personally, like, and, and, and to the border of like entitlement, like when I go, I better get something out of this. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and, and we see, I think that, this is this will open up a whole nother thing to talk about later, but we see that instinct. And I've even thought about it myself. Like, you know, you see churches that are giving out, you know, consecrated hosts and baggies. And I'm like, is that what I want? And like a part of me earlier on, I would have said, yeah, I'll go, I'll go grab one. But I think as time's gone on, I've realized that no, that's really not what I want. And so I'm starting to think more about like the fact that what I miss is kind of this, uh, not just the receiving, not just the getting, the consuming, but the kind of self-offering and not just the personal devotional self-offering, but this corporate self-offering. And I think that's what uh, Augustine highlights uh, and that I kind of dig into in, in that article. Yeah, in your article, you, you point out how um, the, the, the action of offering is um, so... In, I, I, hesitate to, to use the word instrumental because it feels wrong, but it is, um, it is such an operating aspect of the, of what the liturgy really is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think what you're responding to, and I think what's on a lot of the, a lot of the hearts and minds of folks that we've talked to over the past while is the sense where, um, you know, the, the online liturgy aspect is not, it, it is a, it is a, it is a, a solution to a problem for sure. Um, but it is, it keeps the liturgy as something that's really um, in, in the headspace. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and, and it does, it does have a way of lifting our hearts towards almighty God, but it, yeah, it doesn't have, there's a, there's a component missing when you really think about it. Of course, um, as we often do, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit remiss. There are a couple caveats to what we're going to say uh, over the next little bit, but we just want to make sure that folks understand that when we, um, when we critique something like online church, um, we are not, we don't want people who are still concerned about their health and the virus. We don't want people to think that um, that's not okay. Uh, and certainly understand that, like even you, John, you can't you you can't go to church right now. Yeah. So we don't want to we don't want to add one level of angst yet one more level of angst in twenty twenty yeah. to 
the faithful Christian heart. Um, but that said, we do want to have, we want to say a piece a little bit. When you say Father Man. Yeah, I would be encouraging people that, you know, if, if they are in that situation, to, to not let go of that sense of longing mm-hmm. to uh, be in a sacred space with the people of God, uh, worshiping the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, you know, w- with their bodies involved in, in the work of the people mm-hmm. and, and receiving the sacrament. Um, I, I think the thing that really, <laughs> that ticks me off, it really like makes me angry is when we're trying to play these games to convince ourselves that like every, everything's fine. And, you know, the, the church isn't closed, like it's, it's been unleashed or, or whatever. Sure. You, see, you see those sort of memes, which are, are well-intentioned. It, it doesn't mean, as you put in your article, like the, the angels are still encircling the throne of God, crying out, yeah. holy, holy, holy. Like that, that has not stopped. And, and God's grace is, is big enough uh, to uh, make up the difference when we, when we, when we can't do the things that we should normally uh, be doing uh, and has always made provision for that. Um, but we're doing something, you know, with online church, especially back, you know, here in central Florida in, in March, April, May, we're doing something that we needed to do. Priests needed to still be uh, offering the mass to mm-hmm. almighty God for the benefit of the Holy church. That's an yep. objective reality that, that, like needs to keep going no matter what. Yeah. Um, and we did some things as a, um, like an, a necessary fix, if you will, or a supplement. My problem comes in when people start to talk about online church, not just as a supplement, but as a substitute. Sure. Yeah. As there are yeah. two equal things and it's like, Oh, well this is great. And I, and I can be a Christian. Uh, <laughs> online yeah. and there's really no difference uh, in the eyes of God or, or even the state of my soul, whether I, I watch it on TV or I, I go to church and yeah. And I, yeah. I, I find that absurd. Yeah. I mean, that's where I try to, I don't know if I'm in, interrupting you, uh, Father Dave, but that's where I bring in my two kind of strange experiences. Uh, of my life, right? Like as a musician and as like a churchman and like, um, and like, uh, so what I talk about in the article is that, uh, Nick Cave, who I am a big fan of did this uh, performance in this, uh, this, this palace by himself in a piano and live streamed it and made it so that it isn't available after the live stream, which I kind of love. I think, although now I think he's releasing it in a couple months, but, but, um, and, and so like, you know, of course, like we're stuck at home. This is a wonderful thing to be able to like see a musician you love performing something. Right. But like, there's no way that I would like go out the next day or well, or call my friends since I couldn't go out and be like, I just went to a Nick Cave concert. Like it was yeah. great. You know, like there's a, there's a, there's a fundamental difference between what's happening when I watch a performance on the screen uh, and when I am at a concert, right? There's like an embodied difference. You're participating in this action of live music. Um, 
And so obviously the analogy, you know, isn't complete, but I think there's a real connection there between what happens uh, when we're at church. Like we aren't just watching a performance, um, we're participating in an action, you know, and that's, this is one of the great Cramerian things, right? Like uh, here we offer and present unto the, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and bodies, right? So it's, it's, it's this, it's, it's acknowledging that what's happening is not just something that the priest is doing really far away. Um, it's not just also about what I get when I receive communion, but, but we're here and we're offering ourselves. And so there's a fundamental difference between what's possible yeah. uh, on the screen and what's possible when we come together as, as a body. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think of it a lot of times uh, as the difference between long distance and <laughs> or online dating. Yeah. <laughs> Even with someone in person. I mean, yeah. I dated my wife long distance for a while and it was great that, yeah. you know, FaceTime wasn't really a thing way back then, but um, we could talk on, on cell phones. You know, I've had friends that have, you know, met people and, and gotten married through eHarmony. No one would think to say like, let's get married and let's keep doing this. Yeah. Like you, I'll, yeah. you stay in Seattle, I'll stay in Florida or whatever. Yeah. It is. No, you wouldn't. That, that would be because, Talking online, yes, it's better than it's better than nothing. Yeah, it's something, totally. but it's not a substitute for getting married and living together and, and building a life in the same space. It's not even close to this yeah. same thing. Right, and I think the word that really sticks out to me in that quote I pulled from your article, John, is um, corporeal. Yeah, you know, I, I imagine you. Uh, like feeling like that is just the perfect word. <laughs> can you, can you kind of help us like walk us through why that word, like why, why bodily? So you kind of indicated it in your, like why live music needs to happen, you know, in, in the body, right? Present yeah, yeah. What, what, what made you choose that word as far as being present to the liturgy as you know, in your, in yourself, in your body? As a hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing, I mean, part of it, I think, is just the fact that I uh, have been, like, reading and writing and thinking a lot about Augustine, and I think he makes this, like, uh, point that I'll come back to at the end about, you know, the church is the totus Christus, right, the whole body of Christ. So, so that's the first point, and I'll end there. But I also think there's, like, two tendencies, and this is kind of a Reformation debate, right? Like, are we taught, is Christ objectively present in the host? Or is Christ present in the faithful receiver, right? And I think there's, a, there's an interesting conversation to be had there. But I think that uh, in, in our time in COVID, like, neither of those things do us a whole lot of good, right? <laughs> like, uh, it's a, and, um, you know, like, on one hand, I can see a church out my window. And I'm thankful that I know that there's a tabernacle there and that, like, you know, there are masses being said and, and that there's, you know, that Christ is present in, in an objective way. And I do hold that to be true. I also, um, you know, appreciate the idea of faithful reception um, that's highlighted in our tradition a bit. But I think that like, also what's, what's missed is the fact that like, not, neither of those are separated from, from the whole action of Christ. The fact that like, being a Christian isn't just being like a fan of Christ, right? Or like someone who like gets nice gifts in the mail from Christ, but like, but an incorporate, like a, a member, incorporated member of Christ's body, like in a real ontological way. Like we're not just like 
nice. Like we're, I'm kind of like I'm in Christ's body or something like we've been buried and raised again and made a member of Christ's body and he's our head. And so the natural thing to do is to express that by being, you know, a corporate body with one another, with those who are ontologically like our family are, are connected to us and to Christ in this really radical way and to worship our head, you know, to offer ourselves and to receive, um, you know, what, what God gives us. And so I think that like, I think that uh, that's, that's what is, is really, for, you know, what we need to mourn that we can't do right now. Like, it doesn't mean that we're no longer members of Christ's body because we can't like uh, do this, but it means that like, we're not doing the thing that we were kind of made to do. And that's, that's something to be mourned. Right. And, but always in the way that, that the Christian grief, Christian mourning is always suffused with hope, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're, we're, we are a people who know, who should know how to mourn and should know how to suffer because of the stripes of our Lord. Yeah. Um, and uh, if the passion has shown us anything, it's that even if we see um, something as, as awful as that, and even as something as awful as COVID and the shutting of our churches, that we know that in Christ, um, there is great victory. Yeah. Such that is, is, his rising to eternal life means that um, there is something redemptive in like, yeah. you know, the, the, the mourning of our, our shut churches and even the kind of like discomfort of, of, um, of online church. Like, yeah. so. Um, I'll make one note there that I think you're right. Like I, our church has mainly been on zoom and not doing live stream services. And I think that like, there's something that's happened there where groups of people that would stick together and avoid other people has been broken down in a real like interesting way. And it's made us have conversations with people that we might not normally who are fellow members of the body of Christ. And so the hope there, like the thing that's possible, right. Is that when we do, when we can come back together, when we can gather that, that, that there's new, like uh, there's new like connections made in, in this body. That's, that's really going to be profound. I hope, you know, so there is hope uh, even in the, you know, the moment. Right. Yeah. I think there's a whole thing about, you know, which we've talked about already in various and sundry ways about being uh, incarnate. Mm -hmm. Like we're human beings are a psychophysical unity that there is such like what we do with our bodies matters, but it matters. Like there's a reciprocity uh, between the, the soul and the body. Like it, it, it goes back and forth, like um, like an exertion of the will, you know, over our bodies, whether it's we're, we're standing or, or, or kneeling or making the sign of the cross, that's, that's beating our bodies into submission, as Paul says, yeah. bringing yeah. ourselves into conformity with the gospel. And then also it's, it's reciprocal, as I said, because we can go the other way. It's, it's when we stand and we kneel and we sing and we gather, we do all these things uh, with our bodies that, that teaches our soul something as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, um, I thought of, I was telling Father David about this the other day, uh, in the, in the screw tape letters, uh, when screw tape is writing Wormwood, um, and he, he says, introduce, introduce the thought into your patient's mind that his posture and prayer does not matter. Mm. Wow. 
you, know, you can just sit down or lay down or whatever. And no, our, our posture and where we are, we're, again, we're creatures of time and space. There is such a thing as uh, sacred space and, and coming together. And, and that is just, uh, it's formative uh, for the Christian and essential to the life of the church, especially those who believe in the liturgy and, and in the sacraments. You know, there are some traditions where church is basically, it's not just this, um, but, but it can be reduced to you, you learn things about the Bible in a good sermon. Well, well, even though I would say, even in those sort of word-only traditions, they're still missing something by not gathering together. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But especially those who, we, we believe John 6, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Mm-hmm. Then it's like not even a question of like whether we can continue uh, to do this or not. Uh, and then the other thing I thought of reading your article, you're talking about your, your kids and dragging them to church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially for my, my wife, because she's having to do that by herself because I'm preaching <laughs> stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a labor of love for sure. Yeah. But that's so formative for them because the necessities within your family life, the things that your kids see that are not optional – like you're yeah. going to brush your teeth or you're going to go to school. Those things are so formative. And by going through the pain of getting young children to church, yeah. it teach, if it doesn't teach them anything else, and I think it does, I, I think they receive blessing by being in the sacramental presence of the Lord, by, by having a priest yeah. um, lay their hands on them or do the sign of the cross on their forehead and, and pray a blessing over them. But, but just, that's formative, of course, but it's formative just in the sense of bringing them there. You're teaching your kids that God is important. Yeah. And one thing you said, uh, Jonathan, before we started recording, uh, you were talking about how, you know, our idea of receiving the sacraments can become sort of uh, entitled or, or consumeristic. Mm. And remember, yeah. like, this is an offering to God yeah. that... The, the liturgy is first and foremost ministry to God. I mean, I love reading that in the Old Testament. That's so-and-so yeah. minister to God. Yeah. Instead of going to church or being a Christian with this, starting with, well, what am I going to get out of it? Yep. What if we started with, well, what is God going to get out of me? I mean, yeah. the whole yeah. liturgy is, is offering this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to almighty God for yeah. his glory, that it would be a sweet smelling aroma to his nostrils, that he would be praised. And so like starting with what's in it for me. Totally. Yeah. It's a sacrifice. Instead of it being one option amongst many of like videos on YouTube, right. Or like another piece of mail from Amazon that you get that happens to be a yeah, consecrated right. host. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there's like, it starts with the point of sacrifice, right? It starts that like we're offering this to God um, because, because that's what we're made to do. And, and like, and, and not in some sort of, uh, you know, you know, God's service is perfect freedom, right? Like that's, that's the idea, right? That this isn't just, it's, this is naturally what we're made to do. And it, and it's, and it's a joy. 
so yeah, I think that yeah, that consumeristic twist is 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 important, and it can happen in in sacramental uh, context, big time, and we have to watch out for that. Um, so, I guess you know we're we're not <laughs> just being realistic. We don't know what's going to happen next um, as we record this. It's early October. Um, our part of the world is kind of holding steady for COVID cases and stuff, so we don't know what it looks like. We know that you said this afternoon or this morning that, you know, you might have um, a, a change in status up where you are in Montreal. Yeah. So I mentioned all that, not to make anybody feel bad, but just to, to say that, you know, our, the next little while as the next long while is uncertain as far as the yeah. goes. So what are some practical things that we could think about, um, you know, as far as online on online ministry, um, not necessarily like what gear <laughs> to get. That's like one of my least favorite conversations to have. <laughs> it's like, hey man, what kind of tech you got over in your chancel? And I'm like, man, I got my iPhone. I'm good. <laughs> you <laughs> you know? got to have one of those circle lights. What'd you say, John? You got to have one of those circle circle lights. You know, <laughs> makes your face look pretty. I'll be honest, yeah. man. I almost bought one. <laughs> <I was like, laughs> But, uh, you know, but not, not so much like the practicalities of the tech, but seeing as how online ministry is going to be a possibility for us. Yeah. Um, what are, what are some ways that, that we can show leadership? What are some ways that we can, uh, encourage the faithful? What are some, what are some things that we can do, um, even as we recognize that this is not the best way, mm -hmm. right? like I, I think we're all kind of in that same place. Uh, but to, to, to encourage those who, um, who, are, who are seeking to, to be faithful worshipers and faithful disciples. So is there any, anything, is there anything practical that we can get out of there? I mean, one thing that I would offer is that like, since we've moved to, to Montreal, we've been connected to an evangelical Anglican church, which is a bit different for me. Like if you could tell from, you know, the terminology I'm using and, and your guys basic vibe. Um, but one thing that evangelical, you know, minded churches do well is community life and like really connecting and supporting one another. And, and I think that that shouldn't be something that's, that's, that's somehow like uh, separate from a Catholic understanding, right? It should flow out of this understanding of, of the body of Christ uh, being, you know, interrelated to one another. And so therefore being invested in each other's lives, being a part of each other's lives. And that's something that like, sh like you're saying, it's still impaired in the virtual way, but there's ways to keep that community really vibrant and even to, to make new connections in that community. So that when we do come back, uh, you know, our, our sacramental offering is that much more vibrant and like genuine, you know? So I think that that's one thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. I, I think there are, I know I've seen like super black pilled on the whole online <laughs> church. <It's> like, <laughs> uh, negative about it. Though. I mean, um, again, I, I want to reiterate. Yeah. It's, it's been better than nothing. I mean, I just planted a church. I can't imagine if I hadn't, like had any sort of connection with people whatsoever since March 16th, yeah. like there, there wouldn't be a church plant left. Right. And there's things we've been able to do. Like we did a, we did NT rights uh, 
biography on Paul. We did mm-hmm. that via Zoom. Uh, and, and that was great. Um, and so going forward, you know, there might be things where it's sort of a, a hybrid where we can, the people that are comfortable gathering can gather and we can have an iPhone set up and people can zoom in. So, so looking to do some of those sort of things, but then I guess my advice would be to not, again, lose sight of where we're headed that when we have the all clear, we, we don't want to do anything in our ministries that communicates. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, two equal options, either or. If you want to come online, that's great. Right. Uh, if you want to come in, that's great. It doesn't really matter which one you do. Right. A- avoiding that kind of language and then going forward. And, and I would encourage um, uh, both ministers and uh, people that are doing this. I know there's people who they've connected with churches that are in other parts of the country or other parts of the world. Like, when, when the all clear comes at some point and it, and it will come like you need to find a local parish yeah. and plug yeah. in there. If you really love this church you found and you want to supplement your spiritual life by watching stuff, you can do that. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to send them a, a little bit of money, that's fine, but don't tithe to some church 3000 miles away and not give a dime to the, the one down the street. Yeah. And as ministers don't encourage or, let people do that. I mean, I, I would say I'm really glad you're excited about what we're doing. And it's not that we don't want you to be a part of our life in, in any way or email us or watch yeah. what we're doing, but I really want you to find a church yeah. that, that you that you can walk down the street to or, or drive to. This is not a long-term solution for you to, yeah. to watch me on the internet. Yeah. You know, if, if nothing else, just because, and, and this has been a, a a thing I've been reminding my vestry um, lovingly, I hope, is that it's, it's very difficult for the pastors to be your pastor if we can't actually be incorporate with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't, I mean, like, you know, Zoom call is fine, you know, to, to get work done, but, you know, it certainly doesn't, it's not the same um, in, a, in a similar way as, as the liturgy online does some work um but sitting with the sick sitting with someone who is grieving someone who is in loss somebody who is celebrating somebody who is in joy who wants to share you know all of those things that are very human and part of our corporate life together it's it's not impossible but it is extremely difficult and I would say not profitable in the long run to pastor someone online. Yeah. Bring your gifts as a Christian to the local parish. And if, yeah. if the, and if that's a, I mean, and you know, I don't want to be um, unrealistic. I know that there's, there's things that keep people from, from the local parish. So I want to be, you know, mindful of that. But when it's as father Matt says, when it's all clear and it's possible for people to be plugged into a parish somewhere, please bring your gifts, uh, offer them to God in the liturgy and, and bring your gifts to the people so that you can be a part of, you know, what I think, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of white pilled lately, which is nice. 
which is a sort of turnabout for us. Yin and yang a little bit on this podcast. But I, you know, I, I see an opportunity for, for revival, which is a, not necessarily a Catholic term, but is, is a, a word to use, I suppose. Um, but I see an opportunity for us to have um, a word of hope to bring mm-hmm. people present with us um, as people exit the bunker and exit the safety of their homes, looking for something hopeful. Because um, in as much as it is good for us to share the word of hope over whatever medium we can use, it is unreal to see how people respond to the word of hope in person. I mean, John, I grieve that you once again cannot attend a mass, um, mm-hmm. you know, in, 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 in person right now, but having the blessing to be able to offer the mass in person and to see the joy present in the faithful um, as they once again I mean, it's, it's a little weird. They got to sit in weird parts of the church and, you know, <laughs> right. I five and um, there's all this hand sanitizer everywhere, but um, that in-person experience makes such an impression. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I, and I think that as, as we go forward, that that is, that is the joy to which we look even as we mourn. Um, yeah. If there's a ruler for me to, to wrap someone on the knuckles with, though, um, and this is me being really harsh, sorry, gentlemen. Bring if, it. If, <laughs> bring it. First of all, if you're stuck online, and I get it, like if you're sick or are concerned about being sick, hey, man, just share the liturgies. You know, just, just do that. If you're going <laughs> to be online only, then increase the ministry. Mm-hmm. Just share it. Click share, folks. Just do it. If you're going to share some garbage, some political garbage on your Facebook, you better be ready to share um, the, once again, the word of life. You don't even have to say anything. You can just click the button. Anyway. Two, if you are out there and thinking to yourself, I'm fine with attending or going to restaurants, which you should because they could use the income. Um, and, you're, and you feel safe doing that, or you're safe, you feel safe, you know, masking up and doing, you know, regular life stuff. If you are okay with doing that stuff, please prayerfully consider returning to your church and yeah. not using online ministry as your Sunday thing. Return to church. Give us your, the gift of you uh, so that we can be together. Um, you know, I, I, I have had this conversation with several folks and I don't know if I found my own voice and how to encourage them back yet. Yeah. Um, just because times are so weird right now and I don't want to seem awful, but again, I want to say very strongly, if life is returning to normal for, for folks and folks are feeling safe, please join us, pray with us so that we can be active and ready to unleash once yeah. again, the power of the gospel to all nations because mm-hmm. we need your help. Right? What do you think? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Is that too harsh? No. No, I think it's good. Yeah. One last thing before we get to the sermon uh, first pass, unless you have anything else, Jonathan. Um, I'm good. We, <laughs> we, we were made to see God 
and to be united with him. And so the church uh, both joins the eschatological worship of heaven and is to anticipate it here in the present. And there will be no live stream, no (laughs) online viewing of the beatific vision. Yeah. It'll be only in person. For I know that my Redeemer lives and at the last he will stand upon the earth and in my body, I will see God. And so we want it's to- even possible that hell might be a live stream version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> At least for me. I, I'm worried that hell may be a live stream version of my own sermon. <laughs> uh, I'll say this. And I, have to, I don't mind. I don't mind outing myself um, here on this podcast, but I, 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 for the folks who who are who can only enjoy the liturgy right now at, at home, I will say, um, props to you, because I really have trouble with it, and I, mm-hmm. I like you, John, and you, Father Matt. I'm a liturgical nerd. I mean, there's a great yeah. little church in in London, St James Sussex Gardens, who like I'll catch their liturgies, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is so great. Yeah. Shout out to St James Sussex Gardens. Who knows? Totally. Um, but like, um, or any number of them. Um, yeah. And they're great, but honestly, like what happens inevitably for me is um, the hell of the screen, yeah, where the yeah. screen is just one among many, and um, and I, I I will admit that I struggle with that. So yeah. if 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 that's you out there as well, dear listener, um, just know that <laughs> I I may a maxima culpa yeah. with you, um, and pray that we can uh, pray better. I guess. And it's, it's been said a million times, but it is a great time to learn how to put, you know, pray the daily office and to incorporate family prayer into our daily life as well. So like, that's not a substitute for, you know, like Eucharistic worship, uh, but it's part of, you know, the daily like, the yeah. duty yeah. and uh, privilege of being a Christian. So. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have one last thought? No, as we transition, I mean, thank you to those who have been, unable to attend that yes. have been faithful online engaging and, and, and giving and supporting yes. the church uh, because that, that, that is tough. And I, and perhaps you realize more than anyone else that uh, it's, it's not the same. Yeah. So, I, I, but just one last thing, I'm sorry, father Matt. Um, and I do want to acknowledge and, 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 and show a lot of gratefulness for the Christians who are supporting their parishes with yeah. generous giving um, you know, I, I don't know any parishes. I mean, I'm sure there are some, but our parishes have reported that, you know, online giving has been very, very, very generous. So, you know, even as much as we're sort of like being critical of online ministry, not meaning for it to be demonized in any way, but just having a critical eye towards it, we do want to recognize and, um, show our gratitude for, um, you know, how many Christians are being supportive of ministries online. And I, and I would say, you know, that is the, that is the, the, the case with my own parish. So um, if you're from my parish and listening, thank you, Emmanuelites. Um, so. Uh, and that's, that's another form of sacrifice that we offer to the greater good of, you know, God, you know, the body of Christ and God's worship. So that's, it's, it's not, it's not completely separated from that same theme.
That's right. That's right. I guess it, at the end of it, it's all complicated right now, isn't it? <laughs> Shrouded in mystery. I know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So for our uh, sermon first pass, the 19th Sunday after Pentecost, uh, proper 23 in the revised common lectionary. And we'll be looking at the lessons for track two, uh, which the Old Testament is Isaiah chapter 25, verses one through nine. The Psalm is Psalm 23. The epistle is Philippians chapter four, verses one through nine. And the gospel is Matthew chapter 22, verses one through 14. So you can look all those up separately, or you can just go to lectionarypage.net and that'll help you follow along a little bit better uh, with our conversation. Or if you have the Bible memorized, kudos to you. <laughs> <laughs> like Matt does in KJV. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what are you preaching on? Uh, most of my sermon is going to be um, trying to help the faithful pronounce Euodia and Syntyche. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have to admit, I, I don't know what my problem is, but I do take an outsized amount of pleasure from um, mispronounced biblical names. I'll never, ever, ever yell at anybody for messing up a biblical name because I've done it so many times. Yeah. Um, but like when it's really messed up, I'm like, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible, right? No, it's good. We're going to cut that? No, yeah. It's good. You know, in a time like, I mean, Philippians 4, Philippians is just so packed. It's so hard to, to like, you know, not preach Philippians. I mean, it, it is so such a great letter, but... Just the way this lesson ends, finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, there's any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. I, I can't think of, I mean, there's only a few other, other verses in the Bible that seem so applicable to the time we find ourselves in, right? Hmm. It, it just, I mean, I don't think Paul is talking about the power of positive thinking here at all, hmm. but he is commending to the faithful in Philippi to keep at the top of the mind and heart God's goodness, truth, beauty, um, excellence, anything that like is positive, keep that in mind, you know? Um, and do and, and, and from that font, from the font of that, um, you know, behaving in a way that is similar to the pious life of the apostles, so that um, so that God will continue to rain His blessing upon uh, upon the Philippians. So, I, I think that's probably where I'll pedal this week. Yeah, Philippians four seems uh, perfect right now. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. Look at that. Yeah, and you'll you'll see the final blessing from the Eucharistic liturgy in Philippians four. We don't just make that up when we talk about the peace of God, which <laughs> passeth all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds right. and knowledge of the love of God. Hmm. Um, and, and Paul is speaking with authority. This is someone who, as he writes this, 
is in prison, most likely imprisoned yeah. in Ephesus, whose life is always on the line, who is enduring uh, constant or close to constant uh, betrayal and disappointment from <laughs> his children in the faith. Uh, you know, thinking of uh, his dear brothers and sisters over in Corinth that are like, yeah, we don't really want you anymore. You're, we need an apostle with a little bit more swag. We, we don't like you. And that he can write, be anxious for nothing. Mm-hmm. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And thereby doing that, you'll receive that peace of God, which passes yeah. all understanding. Um, be anxious for nothing. Paul has a lot to be anxious for. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> I, love, I love the way he describes his brothers and sisters in Christ. Whom I long for, my joy and crown. Like, can you, I mean, like, I, I love my parishioners, but I don't know if I always think of them, <laughs> but I ought to, you know? Yeah. Go for it because, of course, you know, Jesus bought their lives with his. So hmm. they're fearfully and wonderfully made and saved. Uh, a little shout out in Philippians four to Clement, most likely yeah, Clement, Clement, most likely Clement of Rome. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, third bishop of Rome. Who's in between Peter and Clement? I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I think he, I believe he's the third bishop of Rome. Pete Best, Ignatius. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look that back up. But yeah. Um, anyways. Oh, I'm just trying to make stupid rock and roll jokes. Like, what was the what was Nirvana's first first uh, drummer's name before Dave Grohl? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> the guy who quit at the wrong time. <laughs> quit. I'm glad he quit because. Um, yeah, you're right. Bleach does not sound good. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Um, John, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Is there anything that comes to comes to your mind? Comes to uh, leaps out at you? Yeah. Um, I, I like what you guys have been saying. I mean, I think like, yeah, like it's easy to think of some of these things as uh, like you're saying power of positive thinking or some sort of like exchange, like you do this and God will do this for you. But uh, I think it's still under the guise that like everything is a gift from God. Right. So that like realize these are gifts from God and, and, and meditate on that. Um, so it's one thing. Sometimes it's hard to, you know, we're in a time where it's hard to see <laughs> everything as a gift from God. Right. Uh, <clears throat> so that's a challenge. I, and I would say that at this time, you know, I'm even thinking about people reacting to maybe even this podcast, who knows, but, um, the operating, you know, the, the, the strongest verbs in this text from Philippians, rejoice, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. It seems so alien to 2020, but certainly so alien as let your gentleness be known to everyone. You know? Yeah. Um, that the Christian heart should exude joy and the gentleness of our Savior's love. Um, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do not worry about anything. Like, I mean, if anything, the, the sense Sheesh, of worry right. has, um, it kind of, and I mean, I, 
maybe, I don't know about y'all, but like almost undergirds almost everything I've said uh, in the, in the, in the, in the hour before is, is that right. what am I worried about and what can I, how can I let, let behind worry, leave that to God so that everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgivings, let my requests be made known to God. Because like, as you say, this life is a gift, even as filled with deprivation as it might seem at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you could possibly, I'm not preaching this Sunday actually. So the, oh. the pressure is off. So I can just kind of coast. <laughs> I, can, I can coast a little bit, but there could be a nice intersection with uh, Philippians chapter four and the 23rd. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the, the four words in, in the epistle, the Lord is near. And then you take that over to the 23rd Psalm. Uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou hast uh, prepared a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Yeah. And then you can bring this whole podcast together in that, this whole impetus for worship. What is, what is the, the table which is spread? That's a Eucharistic image. Mm-hmm. The, the table which is spread, the altar which is set in the presence of uh, our defeated foes, which are the world, the flesh, the devil, and his minion, is, is the altar of the Holy Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And it's in the Eucharist that our Lord is most near. Because he's not just near us, but in us. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to kind of remind people who their shepherd and their king is. I mean, that might be better for like Good Shepherd Sunday, but if you wanted to go, uh, I could if, do if it you anyway. wanted to, if you Why wanted not? to go full <laughs> tilt into the 23rd Psalm, uh, it's hard for me to resist it. It's just yeah. so incredible. You got to. Mm. I mean, but yeah, I'm not preaching. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, like, even, even this parabolic text here, which is, you know, and, and it's one of those ones where it's like, it's not, uh, it's not exactly clear to our modern ears what he's saying, but I think under the, the clarity of the messianic ministry, it, it comes together. But um, the, sense of, the sense of urgency that, the, um, that we might have in reflecting of this, this, uh, this gospel text, go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find into the wedding banquet. That even though that's in a parable and not itself an express command, I believe is something that should rest uh, in the hearts of, um, of the vocation of Christian or the, the vocation, the vocational Christian. Yeah. Reminds me of the famous quote from, Frank Weston, Bishop of Zanzibar, right? Like you you have your tabernacles now go into the streets and like meet Jesus in the slums and in the poor. So there's, you know, there's, there's that connection there. And um, yeah, that's maybe that's something that we can reconnect in this post pandemic time. Like those, those are held together. Yeah. All right. It's been fun. It has been fun. Uh, As always, we pray that our time together has been instructive and uh, certainly perhaps even entertaining. We pray that it is an honoring uh, sacrifice to God, our our time together. Um, Jonathan, what, what are some things that our listeners can look for? What are some things that you can, what they can find uh, for your work, for your, your ministry, make some plugs. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if, yeah. If you want to read the article that we're talking about, it's on uh, the Covenant blog, uh, Living Church's Covenant blog. Um, and uh, and my band did release a new album in the middle of a pandemic. Um, <laughs> we we actually we hadn't toured for five years, and we uh, as 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 it mentions in the article, we were playing our first show of our first tour in five years uh, in the beginning of March this year, <laughs> and then the world shut down. So it's a very strange uh, strange uh, you know year for us as it is for many people. But but the album's out. It's called What Is There, and I'm very proud of it. So. You should be very proud of it. Um, it's a it's a fantastic record. Um, Thanks, Father. As I mentioned before, it's it's um, it's just a really solid, uh, well put together rock and roll record. Um, if folks are into, I hope you don't. I hope I don't insult you with what I've hey. in mind with. Like, Let me see. Well, it, <laughs> it sounds like if bands of band of horses um, actually knew how to produce a record. <laughs> I love that, you know, but they know no, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it makes sense, but like on right. on 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 the recordings, it just never comes together for me. Yeah. Um, but it has it has a, a, a has a an alt country kind of influence, but it doesn't feel alt country. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very well put together in terms of its production. So you know, for those of us who are listening to that kind of thing, well done. Um, the songs are so steady and so kind to the listener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can tell the love and care that went into the, the creation of the record. Um, and, uh, you know, everything sucks except for the bass lines. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Of course, you, dear listener, please listen to it if you have. It's on Spotify, Apple. Yeah, all the, all the, all the platforms, as they say. Yeah, you can even buy a cassette if you want. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, send some money. Yeah. I mean, just as an aside, um, as a former, you know, as a former musician who used to gig a million years ago, I can't even imagine being a recording artist, a performer, or anything like that now. Like, yeah, lately too. Just seeing some of the stuff that some of my old friends have put together online to kind of like get some income and and, and still you know, entertain and still offer something. Um, yeah. And it's sad. A lot of the great smaller venues uh, are having a really, really hard time, you know, in the same way that some churches are, I guess, but like, it's, it's going to be, it's a sad time for, for like performing arts for sure. So yeah. again, dear listener, if you have a particular artist that you uh, would like to patron, is the right? Mm-hmm. Patronize. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, be a patron for two or yeah or two um you know keep keep artists in mind yeah especially delta spirit because they are very much worthy <laughs> axios we might say thank you <laughs> axios right and i'm looking forward to your ordination to the priesthood brother i can't wait for you to be yeah when is that coming out lord lord willing people consenting and uh border guards allowing so um (laughs) 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 yeah um i don't know um i'll transitional diaconate sometime early next year lord willing and um and then you know priesthood uh when when uh when God makes available after that. So Sweet. we'll see. Yeah. But I'm really thankful. It's, it's been a, it's been a good process. I'm thankful for Bishop Brewer and, and uh, central Florida. So you're in a good place. I pray that we can be present at that service to uh, lay our own uh, collegial hands on. 
That'd be wonderful. I pray that the virus subsides so that we can enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Especially that uh, your, your family is safe and that uh, the wiles of the virus are kept far away from you. Yeah, thank and, you. Um, and that you may attend to the mysteries sooner than later, brother. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, may it be. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we're going to close out with the general Thanksgiving. You got that, Father? Yeah, I did somewhere. There we go. Let us pray. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, Give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. All right, man. Thanks for your time. Yeah, it was Thanks fun. Thanks for joining us. It's been great. Thanks for having me, fathers. Yeah. All right. Enjoy school, right? You got to get off the class. <laughs> yeah. Back to the, yeah, another Zoom. <laughs> oh, man. Can't wait. All right.